Holly. Yeah. We're back. Oh my God. Hi, everybody. Let's start the show theme song. Welcome to Well Actually, a podcast for nerds who think they know anything, everything out there in the world, and also for uh, people out there who actually don't know that much and had to do a little more research. And uh, uh, and um, while the tie, while everything is is swinging in a in a more positive way, yeah, no more. Yeah, and this podcast is now for people who learn things too. <laughs> if you didn't know anything, I hated you. Yeah. Now, now I'm personally evolving where I'm mm-hmm. like, I need to be able to accept people that are just learning this stuff. Yeah. Um, I am your uh, co-host, Kane Holloway, a.k.a. Kane Train, a.k.a. Uh, uh, co- comedian. Can't you can't do that. I can't add new nicknames? No, you absolutely can. You can't just do it like you, you told me about it. <laughs> I didn't tell you about Cane Train? No! Oh, well then, okay, I'll, I'll have you do it then. Welcome to Well Actually. <laughs> no, no, I don't know why I started over. <laughs> you can um, also, you can, you recognize my co-host, the very funny, the famous Holly, the three named Holly, Anna, one L. Bell Brown. Hash browns of the liberal kind. Um, Feminist Holly. That's a good one. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would have been better if your name started with an F, like Feminist Franny. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's change it. <laughs> feminist right, Franny. The intersectional Feminist Holly. Sweet. Um, she's also known as Queen Hannah Banana and Tyron Me Button Half. Hi, to 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 I I have an announcement to make. Make an announcement. That is so pointless in this time, but I'm going to do it anyway. I have decided that I'm going to change my name from Holly Annabelle Brown to just Holly Brown. Do you like that? Yes. I've I've always liked that. I've said you should do that from the start. That's what, it's funny because like I initially, I was talking to Brad about this. I initially just, I initially did the three names because I thought it would separate me. Like I thought it would make me stand out more. And I think what it's done is make my name harder for people to say. Yes. And too many questions that I never knew. Like, do you go by all three names? Like, or is that a stage name? Or like, what's your real name? I'm like, ah, all of them. (laughs) Yes. And uh, also, I was realizing it makes me sound like somebody I'm not. Oh. It makes me sound like a blonde girl from the Midwest. Right. And uh, yeah, exactly. Like, welcome to stage, Miss Lil Holly Anna Brown, and uh, you know. In Miss Northridge, California contest, but hi y'all, hi y'all, hi y'all. So y'all play Sims? <laughs> y'all play the Sims game? I used to have all my Sims fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun character. That's pretty good, Southern Holly. Yeah, but still progressive. <laughs> Very progressive. That's true. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, just, just, uh, I think I'm going to change it completely to, I mean, I keep saying change it like I'm changing my whole name, but right. I'm just going to go to buy Holly Brown now. Oh, uh, Holly Brown. I love yep. it. Are you changing your Instagram handle and all that? Change it all. People are, pe people are going to freak out. I've, I'm really concerned. I'm going to get a lot of emails. <laughs> Yeah, as you should. You should be concerned. I know. Um, hi, everybody. We've been gone for a while. Um, we've been, um, I mean, COVID and uh, has kind of separated us. Doing, a, doing the show on Zoom is really tiresome on top of um, doing research for a show. It's, it's a really expansive thing. And then um, the George Floyd thing happened and it just seemed like our show needed to take a back burner and that our t the time that we put into researching um, nerd topics would be better spent for social justice and um, civil rights and Black Lives Matter and um, bringing those kind of things to to light and, um, and, and just being a part of it. And uh, both, both Holly and I have done um, different things and um, we decided that that's what this episode would be about. Our comeback episode would be a highlight of, of influential uh, black creators that were, that um, help expand pop culture. And, yeah. um, and it was, a, it's just a lot of fun. I can't wait to tell you about a comic book that I found and I'm in the middle of reading. Oh, I wonder if I found it too. And I think it would, it would, uh, it very much tingles the Holly, the spider tingle for Holly, um, knowing you. As soon as I read like the basic synopsis of this, I'm like, Holly's going to fucking love Whoa, it. is it about the Sims? <laughs> it is not about the Sims. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hi y'all, this is my comic book. It's about a bunch of Sims. Um, I use cheat codes to watch them fuck. <laughs> I can watch them fuck, and then I'll take the ladder out of the pool and watch them die. They drown. <laughs> them fuckers drown. I mean, who doesn't want to watch someone fuck then die? <laughs> oh Are you sleepy, Holly? Today you look sleepy. I'm Holly. so tired. I don't what know happened? why. Truly, I have no excuse. Like normally, I'm sleepy because I have insomnia, but I. In the pandemic, my therapist has been encouraging me to not be mad at myself for using weed gummies to go to sleep because mm -hmm. I have such bad sleep troubles. Mm -hmm. And so I use them. And sometimes I wake up like a spring chicken and then sometimes my eyes will not open. <laughs> so oh, man. That's where I'm at today. But my brain feels all fired up. Sweet. I feel, I feel like a, I feel as, I feel funnier than, um. You don't? Joe Rogan. <laughs> Okay. I don't know why I said that because I hate Joe Rogan. <laughs> Can I tell you, by the way, um, uh, other than the, other than the protests um, that we went we went to, um, and then like the hanging out we did right before that, uh, we haven't really seen each other. Um, no. And since we haven't done the show, we haven't really, other than through text, we haven't really talked to each other. Mm -hmm. I miss you guys. Oh, we miss you too. Uh, not to be all mushy, but. Seeing, seeing, seeing shirtless Brad on the couch, really, I was like, my day is whole. I love, Holly, I got on Zoom and then I went to, I could hear Brad. So I said, hi, Brad. And then she pointed her camera over at a half naked Brad. And I get it. I get why you're always flirting with him. And you're always talking about how sexy he is. That's, he's like Burt Reynolds in Playgirl. 
It'd be so funny if he said a half-naked Brad and we just never clarified which part was naked. He Donald Ducked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh god, this is really making me just my heart is filled with joy. I I it's really hard for me not to just stare at him right now. I know. I know. I know how you feel. I'm glad it's pointed at you. Because I can't see something that sexy. I have to be looking at Holly now. <laughs> First of all, I don't I need this is what I need Brad on the pod to be like, no, babe, you're really hot. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a hot second. We've, you know, we've talked on the phone and texted, but I for the past year and a half, I'm used to seeing you every single week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And more. Um, yeah, and speaking of that too, um, by the way, since this show has become, since the show is so extensive for, for fans of the show, just so you guys know, we're going to start going to two episodes a month. Um, so like really ge- give, excuse me, really give each episode its, its due time, like really go in depth because I'm sure as you guys have heard in some of the, the most recent episodes, like. We, we try to cram as much information in as possible, and that gets really hard to do every week on top of all the other things of, you know, attempting to try to do comedy over Zoom and, you know, uh, worrying about going to the fucking grocery store. It's like at a certain point, we got like, we both got bogged down with everything, yeah. so. And, you know, like, we're not totally opposed to going back to the same, similar format in the future, but as far as the ne- recent near future goes, I think this is, probably just best for the pod in general because we can open up our spectrum of what we can cover. Absolutely. Because before it was just like, I personally, anytime we did a show and it was, even if it was a season, I was like, Oh man, I love this show, but I want to give it the the due diligence it deserves, but I just can't. Yeah. And now we can, and then we would mostly do movies because of that. But now we're like anybody, any show you guys want us to do, we can actually focus season by season and go really on and i oh i'm really excited yeah yeah i i love that and um um so you want to get into like uh, has rats uh uh yeah. my family real quick before yeah. we jump into it totally what do you um, what do you have first firstly this has nothing to do with anything but my neighbor outside <laughs> i just overheard him telling another neighbor i had a dream about you last night and then she goes, oh, and he goes, it, it wasn't weird or anything. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Maybe you just don't say that. Um, no. um, my, has fam, my fam is all of the comedians doing the right thing not, that did not perform in person live during the brief stint that we were open. Mm-hmm. And also comedians that haven't traveled to other states to perform yeah that's my fan because i fucking get it i respect you i have lost respect for comedians that have done that and i understand a lot of them that is their absolute income yeah so it, it sucks to be forced to put in a position where you have to but it's not the same as working at a real t- retail store and that's your income you are on stage you're hugging you're talking to audience members like it's so much more dangerous yeah yeah and then yeah. my has rats are comedians that haven't done that like uh Brian Callen and Brendan Schaub, who I don't know if you saw, got were our who have been dismissive of the coronavirus the entire time, 
and tell, you know, Rogan telling people like wearing masks is it's for bitches. Um, there are Rogan also- said that? I didn't know Rogan said that. Yeah. If you what like Joe, f- if you like Joe Rogan, Kane, I need to have a separate three hour conversation with you. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't watch Joe Rogan. Like I don't, I don't, oh, okay. I, I don't, I don't, um, there's nothing about Joe's comedy that's ever really appealed that much yeah. to me. So I don't, I have no opinion of him one way or the other. That's perfect. Chef's yeah. kiss. Um, but Brendan Schaub and Brian Callen have been performing in other states as much as they can. And they both tested positive for coronavirus and potentially infected absolutely thousands of people. So I can't believe, I cannot <laughs> believe. Okay. If you're going to go travel and, and risk your, okay, fine. But if you're going to try and be safe about it, then I can kind of understand it. But to say that masks are for bitches, what the fuck are you talking about? I do not get that. My, my rats for sure is every dumb motherfucker out there that goes, to their fuck, goes, goes and speaks to their government. I would die for that flag. Listen, <laughs> stupid, you're gonna die. It's wrap that flag around your face. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You're so dumb. What's the, what's the big deal? It's just a fucking piece of cloth around your face. I don't know. And it's like, it's, hap- it's happening in LA in the most liberal parts of LA too. So it's not. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's not like our cities are better because anytime I go on a run, I will, I, I have a mask around my neck and then I put it up when I see other, like I come within 20 feet of somebody else because I don't want them to think I'm irresponsible or yeah. don't care about them. And then they'll smile at me like, thank you for putting your mask up with their mask below their chin. I'm like, what are you doing? Put your mask. What? The, put your mask what up. The, People, if if you're if if there was no coronavirus, right, and you and you had to get surgery done, and then your doctor was like, "Hey guys, masks are for bitches." Yeah. I'm gonna breathe my hot coffee breath in your open wound. You'd yeah. sue the doctor because you'd be like, "Hey man, you should be wearing a mask." It's the same fucking thing. It's the yeah. same thing. That was understand. a great visual, by the way. A hot coffee breath in your open wound. Honestly, that felt like poetry. That was really good. Yeah, that's what it's like. <laughs> um, right, anyway. if, someone was, if someone was smoking and you had lung cancer, I don't know where I'm going with this. That's all right. Continue. Finish the thought. If someone is smoking and then blowing smoke in your face, that directly contributes to lung cancer. That is scientifically proven. Yeah, So I really somebody, like that. Somebody breathing on you that might have coronavirus directly contributes to you getting coronavirus. So yes. you fucking put a mask on. Just, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. I, also, I, saying something like masks are for bitches is so, like, toxic masculinity in its purest form because your base, Joe Rogan is what he's basically saying is if you wear a mask and you're not willing to die for what you stand for, which what you stand for is you're only yourself and nobody else. Yeah, that's so. That's so, and that's if you fucking weird. die from the coronavirus, I mean, check your gains, bro. That's such a that's so weird. It's just yeah. what a weird what a weird why why tell people that that doesn't make any sense. I know it's hard to not like just casually wish people did die from coronavirus that don't wear masks, but that's really mean to me, and I'm sorry I've ever thought that. I wish I had a I had a bucket of it, and then anybody <laughs> yeah, and then anybody that went to go protest against wearing a mask. I just pour coronavirus oh, over, yeah. over their open mouths like they're fucking 
What are those birds that will look up with their beaks open at the rain and then drown? All what of are those birds? Yeah, birds, like birds. And then Every just. Every idiot bird. Hey, so you don't want to wear a mask. Can you look up at me and open your mouth? Hmm. Hmm. What is that? That's coronavirus. All right, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> I love the idea that it tastes good. <laughs> that's what that's my new theory now that we're talking about it the reason they don't they've heard tell the non-mask people have heard tell that coronavirus uh-huh. getting it through your mouth is the most exquisite tasting thing in the world your and they would they would rather die knowing they tasted the greatest thing on earth than wear a mask and never taste the greatest thing on earth Coronavirus is tasty. That's what they're trying to say. I mean... And masks are for bitches, obviously. <laughs> I think you just broke my brain. I know. I don't, I don't know how to handle that. <laughs> people think coronavirus is tasty? Yeah, people, that's why they don't wear masks, because they, oh they think God, it might be sound, tasty. They sound like drug addicts. They sound yeah. like people that are like, I just got to get that one fix in and oh, of that man. sweet, sweet... Crystal meth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. America I, is imploding. It and is. And if you celebrate July 4th, I need to know what you're celebrating. Yeah, I don't. I, I have absolutely no interest in celebrating. Um, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to. I don't know what I would do, but I haven't planned anything. That's for sure. I'm going to. I'm going to. I posted this on online, but I'm going to protest in Sherman Oaks because they're, mm. they do a nice, safe social distance protest. Nice. I'm going to support a bunch of Black-owned businesses. Wonderful. And I'm going to reevaluate all of my friendships. Very good. Very that's good. That's a, and that's a solid plan. Um, and that's most of what this, this whole thing, especially for, I mean, uh, I've, I'm part of the Justice LA White People for Black Lives. I think I sent that to you. Yeah, yeah, I just signed up. Um, and um, yeah, I've been, uh, Taylor sent me that. And so I've been, like la- last week, I was my first time actually um, calling calling uh, uh, Congress and, and, uh, and, and doing all these emails and being on these Zoom calls with, um, uh, with all these people that want to help and be aware. And then, um, you know, the idea that the conversation needs to be had. And instead of being like, I saw somebody tweet or I saw somebody post on Instagram that was like, um, or Jay, actually Jay was having this conversation about white privilege. And, uh, and I was, and I, and I, and I told this, I posted this story online, but, uh, but basically everybody's, there's a, the white people that want to say there is no white privilege um, from the point of view of like, well, the system never helped me. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you're, you're also seeing the system through your white skin, your white, your white eyes, right? You don't, and I, and I talk about it, like, I've, I've said it like this on the show. I, uh, on, on different, different podcasts I've done, but, you know, I grew up in an abusive household, right? But when I, if I wanted to get out, I could just go outside any time of day, mm-hmm. whenever I wanted and roam the streets, hoodie up. Nobody fucked with me. I was never afraid of outside. Yeah. And, and that's white privilege. Like yeah. that right there is the con like you just need. To, and also just shut the fuck up and listen. You don't need to talk right now. You don't need to talk. There's no need for you to talk right now. All you need to do is listen. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it. I, I, I feel you because I, I like can't say, you know, like, oh my God, I'm rich and I'm so, I, I know I'm privileged because of my skin color. I'm not privileged because I have money or anything. Right. Yeah. There's, there's obviously, yeah, I'm not part of the 1%. I've never had money. I grew up white trash, but also like when the cops came to my door for like when the, co- the cops came for my dad, um, for, f- because they, the, he was, him and his wife were fighting so loud, uh, that the cops were called in and they just w- came in and they saw him and they were like, what's the, what's going on? And they're like, just fighting officer. All right. Well, you know, keep it sleazy. I'll see you guys later. And then they were just bounced. <laughs> That happened more than once. That happened more than once. This guy's an abusive drug addict. And the cops would come over and they'd be like, all right, peace out. Have a a good day, Mr. Holloway. And you're just like, can somebody fucking take this guy to jail? (laughs) Take this guy to jail. I'm sick of him. (laughs) Take my dad to jail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real. He needs to learn a lesson. Uh, Yeah, I totally feel you. White privilege is a thing. If you don't think it's a thing, please engage with us and we'll talk to you about it. But hopefully, but don't engage with us without a willingness to listen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're you're just going to all lives matter us, then you can take take that ship somewhere else. Yeah, you can shove that deep in your penis hole because you're probably a white man. And oh my God. I mean, I just got a visual of that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I daydream about moving to Europe, which is somehow, this is where, that's how this whole thing started. How America got started was all these fucking uptight Europeans are like, it's too liberal out here. <laughs> <laughs> they, came, they came here and fucked everything too up. Too free with your sexuality. <laughs> I, know. I know, dude. It's just, so I, yeah, I daydream about it. I might even do it. I don't know. I, I dude, don't know. in other countries, this is not like any, anything to do with the, um, race but in other countries they do four-day work weeks their their work hours in the day are so much shorter it's like 10 a.m to 4 p.m they have in a lot of your european countries they have whole months off mm-hmm. like the work 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 then they get a whole month of break yeah and it's just like their studies have shown that they're so much happier than people in the united states yeah which they, makes so, how do how do we have five-day work weeks where those work days are 12-hour work days yeah, the this this the American system does not give a fuck about about really any of its citizens. I would yeah. say I would say it, uh, regardless of your skin, if you're poor, they could care less about you. They don't give a fuck. But mm-hmm. but but I've been I've had a cop pull a gun on me uh, on the road. Uh, when I was on the road, I was speeding, and he I went to roll my window down, and he thought that I was po- I was reaching for a weapon oh because you were just so broke you just had one of those windows yeah i had one of those windows and it was on the freeway so i'm leaning over and he can't tell yeah so he pulls his gun out and it's and i don't know he has his gun out i'm just sitting there with my dopey white head <laughs> you know and then um he comes rolling up with his fucking gun drawn and uh and then i'm like jesus fucking christ and i put my hands up and he's like Hand, hands on the dash and i'm like all right and then he goes, uh, he goes, what are you, what the fuck are you reaching for? And I'm like, nothing, nothing. I, and then I point at my window and he goes, did I say take your hands off the dash? And I'm like, Jesus, all right, all right. And I, 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 it's, 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 I, I, uh, I'm a comedian, I'm on the road. I just have an old car. I, I'm broke. That's all. <laughs> I had to roll down the window. That's all it was. And he, he goes, oh, all right. 
Oh my God. But this is the trigger happiness, the willingness. But the thing was, is like, that was scary. But as soon as I, he didn't search, he didn't search the car. He didn't drag me out of the car. He didn't fucking call in three other cops with a, with a drug dog. And he didn't do anything. He took, he took me at my word. He had his gun. He went from, I'm going to kill you if you move again to, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. White Man. Wow. And I was, I was, you know, I didn't even think about it. I just went, uh, you know, I didn't think there was anything off about that. I mean, I, I was, I was horrified and scared and pissed off for a long time after that. Not like a long, like for, for a few weeks, but that, you know, cause I never had a gun pointed at me before, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until George Floyd that that memory came rushing back to me. And I'm like, I, yeah, I got it. I had it easy. Right. And, and it does not, it takes something so horrific for you to think you were lucky in that moment. Yeah. And I don't blame you in that moment for not feeling lucky. Right. Or feeling like, oh, I'm so glad that I didn't get shot. Like no one should have to have that thought. Right. And, and I can, and I, and I could be one of those white guys who was like, Hey man, I don't know why they're Southern, but I could be like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I could be one of those white dudes that was like, there is no white privilege. Yeah. I had a cop pull a gun on me. But if you, if you look at the story as a whole, that story is not, that story is a, a complete depiction. Yeah. I, I got, I got an unlucky scared person that decided he was going to pull a gun on me and there, I could have been shot and killed, but I wasn't. And in fact, he was real chummy with me afterwards. Oh, there's been some shootings in this area. I told my wife that I'd be home later tonight. And I always make that promise to her. Excuse my, my reach. He's like, he's like uh, my buddy now. Oh God. That's, it's a completely different situation. Than, yeah. than what black America goes through. Yeah, and, it's, pretty, it's pretty night and day. And yeah. um, if you don't agree with us, you're against us. Yeah, don't listen. Unsubscribe. If that's how you feel, then what? that's how you feel. Whatever. Fuck yeah, off. We're gonna, then we're just going to gain people that are on the right side of history. And those yeah. are the people I want as our supporters anyway. All lives matters are for bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Also, if you like Joe Rogan, fucking please introspect why you like Joe Rogan. I am like, I feel like I wanna, I wanna burn Joe Rogan's house down. I cannot <laughs> stand him. What is polar- Wait, polarizing person? Brad, where are you going? Oh, Bradley. He's gonna run to the bank. Oh, I'm oh. gonna miss him so much. Oh no, honey, that's oh, Brad. They didn't have bad news. He put a shirt on. Boo, <laughs> boo. <laughs> Shirtless Brad, shirtless Brad, shirtless, shirtless Brad, Brad, shirtless Brad. Brad. Shirtless. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes I feel like I objectify him, and then sometimes I realize that I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you want to get to it? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I have. I know. I'm sure we both have so much um, cool shit to talk about. So I'm really well, excited. I just did a lot of the talking to end this. So why don't you take the reins on this? Okay. This so I was reading this article that really highlighted um, why nerd culture has been so white. And I want to just read part of the article. Um, uh, historically, the majority of comic book superheroes have been white. They weren't created with the intention of inclusion, which reflected the cultural segregation of institutions at the time. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Screenwriter Eric Anthony Glover 
said, it's difficult to get around the fact that so many iconic heroes, comic book heroes in particular, were created in time without our current sensibilities. The industry created this incredible pantheon of characters without blinking about its lack of diversity in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Couple, couple this lack of racial sensibility with the whiteness of DC and Marvel's earliest writing staffs, and it becomes clear that inclusion wasn't prioritized at any level of the comic book creating process. There has been such a long-standing history of exclusion of people of color within the subculture, which is why whiteness has always been associated with geekiness and nerdiness, which mm -hmm. I, I feel so so stupid for not realizing that sooner. Yeah, yeah. Like I did know, of course, I, I recognize that there the lack of diversity, but I didn't understand where it stemmed from. Well, I've, and I've had, I, and I've like comic friends of mine, uh, black comic friends of mine who are also as, just as nerdy as me. I mean, you'd sit and you'd talk and you'd talk about the, like the white superheroes. Yeah. You just, and then you're like, dude, but Batman? And they're like, yeah, but Batman. And then, you know, to, yeah. to keep with that conversation. Sorry, keep going. Um, I know, it's just the, the last thing or there, but then I was thinking like, but I know, I feel like nerd culture is simultaneously excluding um, voices, but also like exploiting them for their own personal game without identifying where that voice is coming from. You know, like you have characters like um, Magneto or different characters that are, or mutants in general, representing such a, a talked about thing in society where it's like, we're excluding this group of people based on one thing. Right. And we're judging them yet, and it's so obvious what the social commentary is, but it's never talked about enough to reflect the ideals of the society. You know, right. I feel like people of color, women and queer people, they, they love modern geek culture because their voices haven't been the ones that were elevated. So they like grab onto those types of people, but then yet we're not, we're, we're not doing the service that we need to do by labeling what we're talking about. Right. And like even, even X-Men being, yeah, even X-Men being a metaphor for, for racial inequality and, um, you know, uh, and also for like the gay community not being, being targeted and all that, that's still like almost all of the X-Men are white. Yeah. With the exception of Storm, who has bright white hair. <laughs> and also in the movies was so whitewashed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, she just... Well. Yeah, she just lost her accent by, <laughs> by the half of the second movie. And as a young, impressionable girl, when I was first watching those movies, I didn't pick that up. Oh, yeah? I, I wasn't like, nobody, I feel like that should have been somebody saying like, hey, the, the Storm was whitewashed because her identity was not, uh, where, she, her, where her culture was, was not popular enough for people to care about or whatever. Right, right, yeah. Um, but I was reading about how for years, the nerd culture has actually broken down barriers and embraced those that were often made to feel different. Um, and it's just not highlighted enough. It's like, it's like a moment, it's a blip in time and then people don't stop caring about it. Like when um, Star Trek had not only one of the most diverse casts on television, but aired one of the first interracial kisses of all time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer had Tara and Willow that were a fully developed lesbian couple. Yeah. In a time in which that was not in the social zeitgeist to have on TV. Right. Even though Joss Whedon can absolutely rotten hell he seems like a piece of shit <gasps> which sucks because i love joss whedon he, he had some good stuff he, he had some, some good, good stuff. stuff but also have you ever noticed how every every lead and all his female-led things are tiny little mousy girls 
Yeah, I guess so. Buffy. Buffy's Buffy, small. Eliza Dushku. Eliza, yeah. Um, Summer in Firefly. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all like tiny. I don't know. It just creeps me out. Now I can't, I cannot unconnect men with like, I, my first line of thinking when I see a man, I'm like, how is he creepy? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That seems to be the, 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 the thing now, you know, uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, not now, but like, um, that's the, uh, like I'll, I'll go for a run and now I'm, I'm, I'm watching women give me space and it's just like, oh man, but I'm so respectful. I get it. <laughs> I'll just, I'll, I'll break eye contact and keep running. Like, don't worry. But yeah, like, see, I'm, I'm noticing people that are like, oh, there's a man. Let's fucking, let's break away. And I think you're fully right in being like, oh man. Like, yeah, yeah. What a bummer, but also you're like, but also huge bummer on your end that you have to think that about men. Absolutely, yeah, no, my- You get that and trust me, Kane, when all this, when everything is imploding, you will not be set on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's hard not to in these times of social unrest to evaluate like every aspect of what society has done of like every, every systemic institution of racism, of prejudice, of sexism it's it's all coming to the forefront i do completely understand um prioritizing black lives matter right now absolutely um but i mean i obviously the conversation is just shifting in general for everything yeah it should be it should be women should feel safe in the workplace they should never feel like they need to do um they need to do extra i mean um you know, you hear about like people, people needing to be crazy. I can't remember who said it, but somebody said like, they shouldn't have to be insanely talented to be hired. Like they shouldn't be so astronomically, um, undeniably talented for you to hire them. They should be right for the job, but they also, you should also be just be, they should be considered because they're a woman gay trans black asian whatever they should be considered and then then you start to fill out who is right for the job that old hollywood shit Mm -hmm. has been slowly dying Mm -hmm. and uh and good it needs to be it's uh, it's fucking over i can't wait until we are no like being hired based off of your race your gender whatever is no longer the exception you know like Oh my God! Like, can, good, good thing that this um, cast has an all ha, have so many diverse people. Like, I just can't wait till we're not even talking about it because it's normal. Right. Yeah. At, yeah. at this point, you see a woman or a person of color, or especially a, a woman of color, succeeding in any field, and you're. I think a lot of people is like, oh, that's she's the exception. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what's I'm, I need to find? So I looked up. Um, influential uh most influential black directors and it sent me over to um black filmmakers who have won oscars and out of out of a hundred years of of oscars and movies six oh six and most of them are very in the most recent um past are any of them women one woman and she talks about her experience i need to find it and of course my phone's acting up um but like spike lee has a new movie out on netflix and so like um he was getting a lot of love and so john singleton 
uh, is the first African American to win uh, for Boys in the Hood in 1991. But two years after Spike Lee was passed over for Do the Right Thing, mm-hmm. um, then Lee Daniels won in 2009. So from 92, 91 to 2018 years passed before a second African American filmmaker was recognized, Lee wow. Daniels for his gritty portrait of a young woman seeking to overcome a childhood of poverty and abuse. What movie? Um, Precious. Oh, duh. Um, Then after that, 2013, Steve McQueen won for 12 Years a Slave. Mm -hmm. And uh, that cleaned up at the Oscars that year. Um, And then Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, which I just recently watched um, like a few months ago. I've never seen it. Is it so good? Oh my, the fact that, and I've seen, I've seen La La Land also Uh and the mere idea, I didn't want to go see La La Land. And then I just remember in that movie, I'm like, oh, okay, this is like kind of fun. And like, I I get it. And I like their relationship. I hope they get together or whatever. Um, And then afterwards the music got really annoying. Like it came on, it came on in the car and Kelsey's like, change it, change it, change it. Okay. I, I love La La Land. But. I love La La Land and I I hate myself for loving it. I hate listening to it. But La La Land, even, even being considered, mm-hmm. it's over Moonlight, it's such a beautiful, you got to watch it to know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's, I definitely it's will. really beautiful. And, um, and La La Land is, La La Land is like the new Greece. I don't, I don't get <laughs> I don't get why it was nominated. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh and <laughs> um, then after that. Hey, that's fucking funny. <laughs> it is. It's the new Greece. I'm telling you. It's Do you like, have a Twitter? You need to tweet that now. <laughs> I don't have a Twitter. You tweet it. Okay. Um, Jordan Peele for Get Out in 2017. Did he win? He won. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, he, thought, he won director. I thought he only won best screenwriter. No, best director. Oh. He, won, he won best director. Um, and then after that, Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Spike Lee has been making movies for God knows how long, since the I 80s. Know. And Did you uh, do the right thing. What's that? Have you seen Do the Right Thing? Yes, I have. It's fucking cool. Yeah, Do the Right Thing. I've, I've, uh, I watched, um, uh, and just very recently, I watched um, Get on the Bus, which is a really good movie um, that. I think people should watch, especially now during this time of uh, Black Lives Matter protests, but it's about a bunch of uh, black men who get on this bus from LA to Washington DC so they can join the Million Man March. And the whole thing is about um, uh, the conversation specifically about race in America and what the Million Man March means. Um, Women weren't included in the Million Man March. Um, and so you have scenes where women are explaining how the Million Man March is sexist and it excludes um, black women from the conversation. And, and just as, you know, like this whole scene where they're like, hey, you know, you went through the same thing we went through. Like we had it just as hard, you know, plus, you know, the all the, the sexual assaults, rapes and stuff that involved with um, black women. And then uh, and then two of the two of the guys on the bus are gay. And so then they're, and then it's like dealing with the whole homophobia thing and like, 
uh, one of the characters, ironically played by Isaiah Washington, who plays who plays one of the gay characters, who later got fired off of Grey's Anatomy for being homophobic. Whoa! So so weird. Anyway, but that he has a whole conversation about being a Marine and fighting for the country, and that other Marines finding out that he's gay, they took a shot at him, and when they shot him, they heard him. They heard them say, two birds with one stone." gay and black and and um it's a really interesting movie it's very interesting like there's infighting in the bus they they introduce a character midway through that um he's a black republican and talks about like the republican party and why he's why every black man should be a republican and um Mm -hmm. and uh democrat anybody who's a democrat is a fool and an idiot and all this stuff it's a really yeah it's a really interesting movie but no, I, I, as you were listing all the directors and the movies that they won for, or even nominated for, it's so, I don't, I don't know if I'm misspeaking, it feels like really sad that they're, they can only be nominated for movies that highlight the black experience or, right. or minority experience. It's not like they're getting noms for a movie that's not about race. Right. Or not about being gay. Right. Yeah. It's more like, okay, we'll give you, we'll give you an Oscar if you can show us race in a new fun way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, um, and I can't, I had it. Hold on. It's uh, shit. I had it in here. I can't remember her name. Oh, damn it. Sorry. But um, there's this female director that was asked, that was asked about, when she came in, when she came in to interview for, for making movies and being a director, first thing that was said to her was, um, you don't look like a director, which what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you, don't look, you don't look like a director. Why? Like, give, give, me, give me all the reasons I don't look like a director. And then they're, and then they're like, well, what, movies, what kind of movies do you wanna make? And she's like, I wanna make movies about um, black women and um, the struggles that black women go through and there's not enough representation, not enough black women represented in, in media. And they're like, why do you wanna limit yourself? That's what they said to her. And then she's like, I'm not limiting myself. I just said that there's not enough representation and I would like to, and they're like, just, they don't see it. They're like, mm, I don't know, money, 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 money. Right, right, right. So, was it Ava DuVernay? Yes. Oh, okay. That's who it was. Yeah, I think I heard about this interview. Yeah, and you're like, oh. you fucks. Well, it's... now she's one of the most powerful directors in Hollywood. Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> doesn't it make you, like, I personally can only speak as a white woman, but as a white woman, I'm like, I, I, when I get to the top, when I succeed, and all these, all these people that have been sexist towards me uh, mm-hmm. and, and held me back with my career because I'm a woman, and they're going to all be so nice to me. They're all going to be like, and I'm like, oh my God, Holly, we, oh, we love your old material now. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. And I'm not, like, I, I feel like people in the past have had to placate those, those people that were once mean to them, and then now they have to be like, play the game. I'm not mm-hmm. going to play the game. I'm going to succeed to the top, and I'm going to be like, hey, um, Newsflash, remember when you were a piece of shit? Like, here you go. <laughs> oh, it makes me so mad. Yeah, I know. Knowing that all those people are now sucking up to Ava DuVernay so bad. Yep. Yeah. And I, yeah. at least with her, I feel like I can know that she's not having it. 
Well, Spike Lee went through such a long period that like, uh, especially now, now that after his Oscar win and everything that's come out, you know, he's, he's, even though he's Spike Lee, you know, like we know Spike Lee, we know that we know, we know of him, even if you haven't seen his movies, you know about Spike Lee. Um, one of the most influential directors, just directors in general in the, in the game, because he fought against that. He fought, he fought against, you know, um, the idea that you have to whitewash your movie and he made what he wanted and then he got recognition for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it took till now, took till very recently that he, he yeah. now has carte blanche to make whatever the fuck he wants. Right. And so and Spike also, Lee's now like- he's, Now he's finally making money. Cause I just looked up, get on the bus. And it was made for two some two million dollars roughly, and it only made five million dollars. Yeah, in the box office. So I'm like, he's doing this just for the sake of doing it. He didn't give a fuck about money, obviously. Yeah, he wanted to tell a story. That's a good I, point. also not to be confused with Spike Jones, who I just don't understand what world there are two directors named Spike in, and neither one of them is Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm I'm not okay. You don't know any, you don't know what you're, you're what's going on in the world. Spike, who the fuck? Oh. Spike. Who? What? Where? When? Why? I mean, I have, I've broken it down into a list of, you know what, I'm going to go from black superheroes down. Okay. So I have a list of black superheroes, then I've got a bunch of, uh, like, that I want to highlight, black black characters on TV, Uh and um, black comic book writers. It, it was hard to, you know, do, in doing the research, like a lot of people have done this research for me. So it was easy to curate this mm-hmm. um, as far as articles and stuff. But it was kind of hard. It was sad how hard it was to find just access to a, a bunch of black um, actors in movies that weren't aren't the ones we all know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, I don't want to fucking highlight Denzel Washington. I Yes, he's incredible, but I want to also highlight other people. Yeah, Not yeah, like yeah. including anybody, but I want to make it as inclusive as possible. Right. So as far as black superhero goes, I broke it down into ones that we all know. If you're mm-hmm. a nerd, you know these. And then ones that, that if you are a super nerd, you probably know them, but you don't understand the impact that they might have had. Mm-hmm. So the ones we all know, the Falcon. Yep. One of the first black superheroes. Um, Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. We all know the Black Panther, of course. We've got Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Only after 2012, though. Nick after, Fury? Yeah, after Sam, Sam Jackson was cast, the comic books ret- retroactively, so they could make sure they make money, they retroactively put in a story where um, Nick Fury is, the new Nick Fury is the guy you know from the movies. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Nick Fury oh. was a white. I Nick knew Fury that. Nick Fury was a Clint Eastwood looking motherfucker. Of course he was. He had, he had a sign that said, get off my lawn. <laughs> and then he, he kept saying Gran Torino for some reason. Gran Torino. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was watching a show and they were like doing music. They were making songs for movies that didn't have theme songs, which is really funny. Yeah. idea and they did one for Gran Torino and I was so mad that they didn't do like Mama Gran Torino. Absolutely. And then you could totally be like, ooh my little twenty one. You piece of shit. You motherfucker. I'm just saying maybe you and I could start a thing where we continue on 
this TV it. show's idea. I got, I love it. So then we've also we have Blade, the vampire series. Absolutely. And then uh, one of the only prominent black female superheroes is Storm, in mm-hmm. the in the pop in the um, mainstream culture. Yeah. Which, as we discussed, whitewashes shit. So sure. Um, lesser known ones, some that are. I mean, you, you'll probably know these. A lot of other listeners will know these, but I guarantee you half of them won't. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got Miles Morales. Yes. You know, newer to the fold of the mainstream, but like yeah. how incredible that we have. Oh, it's such a good film, above mm-hmm. all else. And well, to have that yeah. representation on so many levels of just, if not only superhero, but in animated form. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they, young. And they gave him arguably the better suit. Oh, yeah. Miles has the dopest fucking spider suit. Yeah, Tom Holland's over there in his castle, not even knowing. <laughs> I mean, Tom Holland in Spider, Spider-Man, the second Spider-Man Tom Holland movie, Yeah. that black and red one is, is pretty sweet. I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. But Miles' Miles's suit in Spider-Verse is fucking amazing. What is the second one called? Spider-Man 2 Across the Pond? No, yes. Far From Home, that's what it's Far called. Far From Home. Oh, yeah. that is another one. Not, um, not bad. Then we've got Static Shock with Static Shock, yep. Which uh, Alfonso Caballero, one of our previous guests, who was fucking awesome, loved love, him. Yeah, I love Alfonso. Um, he we really went into good on Static Shock. So if you want to hear more about that, I highly recommend going back to that episode. That's a good one. Yeah, um, we talk a lot about Robin. Yeah, <laughs> he loves Robin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's what a weird pick to that. One of your favorite, the guys you know the most is the Robin series. Yeah, he's like he's like quizzing on any Robin. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He, and he fucking nailed it too. He did. He was he so good. Nailed it. I, I just love the idea of someone that only knows Robin, and they're like, "So, what did you think of this iteration of Batman?" And they're like, "I didn't. I didn't read it. <laughs> I don't even know because there's know. not. There's." clearly not enough robin in it like, was there a, a small trapeze man in it because i don't care if there wasn't if i don't see small green pantyhose <laughs> and weird elf socks on a small boy then i don't care if chris O'Donnell's face does not enter my brain as i'm thinking of a superhero what am i doing if i don't see brad's nipples Ooh. on a on a robin suit then I don't want to. I don't want to even be bothered. Don't wake me up. I'm so glad he's not here to hear that because Kane, his nipples do look like that. Do they look like bat, uh, Joel Schumacher bat nipples? They do. I can't wait to tell him, and I mean that in the most complimentary way. Like mm-hmm. they highlighted those. Those were a star. Do you just when you see him? Do you just go up and and flick, flick? Go flick, 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 flick. flick I flick. do. But my new trick is when he's high because. Every now and then, I have to take weed gummies to go to sleep. And they make me high, but then they put me to sleep real fast. Yeah. But every now and then, he'll join me and get a high with me. And uh, I've noticed that's when I can <laughs> touch his nipples with free reign because he's so high, he doesn't notice. <laughs> Otherwise, he's very insecure. He's like, don't, don't. And then when he's high, I'll just let him watch TV while I touch his nipples. That's really weird. What am I doing? He might be in, he might be in a nipple play, but he's too sensitive. Yeah. You got to keep, you got to keep bridging that gap. You got to keep, you know, you got to get to a point where you're like, let me lick them and punch the other one. I feel like we've, we've crossed a bridge together today Mm -hmm. about, um, like understanding my obsession. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I get it now. I mean, I got it before because he's a handsome man and he's really nice and he's funny. 
and he plays hockey and he's got a full head of hair and he can grow a beard. I get it. He's a dreamboat. But then to see him shirtless, it was like, whoa, there's a whole new level to this. Also, just for anyone to clarify, I, if you're thinking this, I do in fact have obsessive compulsive disorder and <laughs> does it potentially a little, you know, seep into my relationship with Brad? It does, but I find it very healthy in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> Other times when I'm absolutely obsessing over touching something, not fun. Not but if cool. I'm obsessing over touching Brad's nipples, fun. Do you know what's happening to me um, <laughs> now that I live alone? Um, I think the oven's on all the time and Whoa. it's driving me nuts. What? I just, I have, I, I won't, I won't use, like I'll use it. Like I made pizza, like I made homemade pizza. And then I, um, and then like two days later, I was going to go on a run. I got outside. I got, I was going to go around the block and then I went, the, the oven's not on. It's not on. It's two days ago. And I'm like, the oven's not on Kane. And then I turned around and went home to check if the oven was on. Oh my God. And you what? never did that before. No. How? I bet you that's a thing. What's happening to me? Oh no. I think that people are just, you're, that makes sense. You're obsessing over things in your home because you're spending the most time there. Yep. Uh oh. I mean, part of me is like, get on the fucking bandwagon. I've been obsessing about things since very day long. one. Since day one. Yeah. Don't try and hop on this train, girl. Yeah. Um, uh, excuse me, straight white males. Don't try to take over my obsessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> Don't appropriate my disease. That also happens to affect straight white men. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so back to the superheroes. I have two more. We've got Missy Knight, mm -hmm. who's Winter Soldier before Winter Soldier, um, with that bionic arm made by Tony Stark. I'm just like, how have I not? I I've heard of her, but. I know so much more about Winter Soldier than I do Missy Knight. Yeah, oh yeah. And then lastly, we got, I mean, there's so many more that I'm not listing just because truly the list of amazing ones could not stop, especially now as they're becoming more and more. But Nubia, Wonder Woman's twin sister, mm. and a literal true black queen, which I feel like should be highlighted more in the Wonder Woman movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully she does. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. That, I mean, a black queen, that sounds like she could help everybody. Yeah, and I would hope too, because I, I can't remember who directed the first Blade. I don't want to take away from the, the first Blade at all. Um, uh, I've seen it. The first Blade is awesome. It is good. But I am, I, I am all for, you know, if it's, it's, a, if it's a predominantly black character, then the experience of that should be through the lens of a black director, a black storyteller. Um, and, um, but the first blade is, it is fantastic. I'm looking up who directed it right now. But also Mahershala Ali has signed on to be the new blade. And I love Mahershala oh, Ali, oh man. Mahershala Ali is the fucking man. He's really good in Moonlight. He's he's just fantastic in everything. True Detective, he was awesome in. And Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus Christ. And also Bladefield does feel like a trilogy that should be revamped. Yes, absolutely. It's been yeah. long enough. Yeah, as opposed to all the ones that they're redoing. Like, I don't need another Matrix movie. Sorry, no. I do not. No, no, no. Like, I barely, by the skin of my little teeth, the skin of my teeth? Is that yeah, a thing? Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? You're, you're, yeah, uh, that makes sense. But, 
by the skin of my teeth, I barely need a new Bill and Ted movie. I never really cared for the first one. I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But, I mean, a Blade movie makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I agree with you. On comicbookherald.com, you can check out, there's an article that um, by the one of the writers, just says Dave, um, but he wanted to highlight uh, black creator, black comic book creators who created comic books about the black experience. Um, March is a comic book uh, about Congressman John Lewis, or uh, Congressman John Lewis' firsthand account of the civil rights movement in the 60s. Um, and it's an essential both in comics and American history, but it's, it's a graphic novel retelling of the civil, civil rights. Um, Bitter Root is an ongoing comics work from David F. Walker, Charles Brown, uh, Sanford Green turns racism into literal monsters and tells the story of an all-black all cast tackling these monsters in the South of the 1920s. It's one of my favorite comics of 2019 and easily one of the most vital works being released in comic shops in 2020. Um, and then he also talks about, um, uh, right now he says, big two Marvel and DC comics by black creators, but he wants to emphasize, due to the reality of Marvel and DC's historical minimal levels of representation, I was tempted to leave the publishers out entirely. There's a danger of giving them too much credit for bare minimum levels of contribution. Both publishers should be held to accountable to uh, should be held accountable for improving their hiring at both the creative editorial and administrative levels. Nonetheless, I do want to take, I don't want to take away from the amazing work of talented black creators who've contributed to these shared universes. One of them is called Nighthawk hate makes hate by Chuck, Chuck F Walker and Ramon Villalobos black Panther and captain America by Tanahisi Coates. Um, the Question, The Deaths of Vic uh, Sage uh, by Denny's Co Cohen. Now, this is the one I'm reading now, and this is the one you're going to love. Ooh, okay, wait. Um, I mean, for anyone listening, I really, I know you're, you're probably thinking the same thing. I have a bunch of links that I want to put up. Yeah. People, like resources that we can include in our Instagram. So I'll put, I'll put, I'll put the link to this to the, this article where you can find um, the, the list. What is, what is it called again? It's called Black, and it's written by Kwanzaa Osejivo, Oseji, sorry if I'm uh, screwing up that uh, last name, O-S-A-J-Y-E-F-O, uh, with art by Jamal uh, Igle. Uh, Black is a creative vision of a world where only African Americans have superpowers. The quick logline is essentially, what if all the X-Men were black? Black is smart, razor sharp, and very easy to pick up for readers uh, more familiar with traditional superhero universes. So I was really intrigued by that. So I bought, I bought volume one. And let's, let, I, I wanna say this thing does not fuck around. It's, a, it's, like, it's like Sin City meets the X-Men. Wow. With a with a with a uh, all black cast, and um, so far, it's pretty brutal, but it's really fucking awesome. Cool. That sounds so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really awesome. Oh my god, I can't. You should post on the on Instagram of the, a picture of the 
the comic book. Oh, I will. Yeah, and you'll love you'll love the when you see the cover. The cover oh. is really grabby. It's oh my god. It's really cool, and it was made very recently. And there's several there's several ones that are, there's several volumes that I need to get to. But then there's a sequel because that that story capped off, and um, the creator Kwanzaa he uh, he it got so popular that he's now starting a Kickstarter for his sequel called White. So I don't know what white's about because I don't want to spoil the story of black. I don't want to spoil it for myself. So I'm going to read black first and then I'm going to see what white's about. But right now I'm in the middle of reading black. I cannot wait to read this. Yeah. Such a a good find. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Um, can I highlight two female comic book writers? Yes. So we've got, they're both, uh, people of color. We've got Marguerite Aboyette. She has a comic book called Aya, and it's from the early 2000s, and it got a lot of praise at the time, but I had never heard about it. Mm -hmm. Um, It chronicles the story of a young Black woman in Africa, Um, her friends and family. It's it's funny, it's breezy, and it's an account of the desire for joy and freedom and the simple pleasures and struggles in an African city. So I just Mm -hmm. think it's it's like, it feels like it's something that's more palatable for people that are just getting into something like that. Yeah. And that way they're reading something where it's like, it's, it's highlighting the struggles, it's highlighting the joys of being a some black person. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, it's not going to be, I mean, I, I haven't read it myself, but it's got amazing reviews and I plan on buying it and it's uh, something to look out for. Then we've got Juliana Jules Smith. She is the writer of a comic strip called Afrocentric, but there's an H. So it's, ha- it's Afrocentric. Mm-hmm. And she is a teacher and she uses this as a teaching tool to challenge students and readers about the presumptions around race, class, gender, and sexuality through character dialogue, which I thought was really cool. Nice. And I was looking at the comics and they're very artfully done. They can, they can be really funny as well. And you can find a lot of the comic strips online. Um, but it's like, I mean, it's, I, I love the idea of using that in class because you're taking something that kids like. Yeah. You, Using the, you know, spinning, subversing the, the conversation of like, hey, do you talk about this? Well, just read this comic strip. How fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's all that because you, you actually listed some of the writers I had as well. On, ah, gotcha, gotcha. On comic strip. And I also have a link to that so I can post my, my link as well. And then you can post yours to, um, and they direct on the one I have. They direct you to where you can buy the comic books. Yeah, yeah. And if you buy if you buy uh, black from blacksuperpower.com, um, if you buy the book from there, you can get a, um, a Kindle version, which is what I have. Um, I can't find it in any stores. I try to get some from Barnes and Nobles, but they were um, out of stock or they didn't have any in stock. Um, but if you buy specifically from blacksuperpower.com, then, um, a lot of the proceeds go to Black Lives Matter and, um, other, uh, black owned businesses and stuff like that. So it's a, it's not only do you get a cool superhero story, but it also, your money is donated. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh my God. I, I'm so reinvigorated to read comic books. I haven't admittedly read a ton. I've, I've read more graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Um, dead strict comic books yeah but i'm so excited i yeah, cannot yeah. read black yeah it's uh, it's really good as soon as i saw it i'm like i'm i have to get it and i know holly would love it yes. yeah um, 
Um, one second, I am texting Brad, asking if he can get me orange juice. Orange juice. <laughs> I have um, a list of black characters on TV you can watch right now. You can watch uh, and on in streaming services. So we've got um, the TV show. Well, I would say most of them are highlighted for their nerd relatedness, but in if you have not seen the TV show Insecure on HBO Max or whatever the fuck it's called, yeah. uh, it's so so good. Yeah, it is fucking phenomenal. The actors on it are incredible, and it's it just touches on everything. It touches mm. on. It touches on race. It touches about on relationships. It touches on sexuality and gender. It's it's truly remarkable on how much they're able to accomplish in you know an eight episode a season. Oh, nice! So I highly recommend that. It's also only I think like thirty minutes an episode, and they can do they do so much. The writing is that good. Oh, awesome! Um, uh, some other more common ones. We've got Cheaty on the Good Place. Cheaty, yeah, Cheaty Adegonye. I, I'm sure people have talked about how he's kind of highlighting, or he he's not what people would see as a stereotypical black person, which is something that we need to dismantle in general. Right, right, yeah. Like he is, you know, a scholarly, well-educated, well-traveled person. Yeah. And that needs to be no, more normalized. Um, yeah, yeah. And then we've got Troy in Community. Troy. Which I think was a great example. Of, they started with this idea of what they want this character to be. And then it evolved yeah. into this friendship of this, this beautiful, diverse friendship of not, no judgment, yeah. only, only love and liking things that I would say most people see as like a white geeky culture thing to like. Yes. Yeah. Troy, Troy is a, Troy is a, a phenomenal character. Troy yeah. and Abed together are a, a fantastic, one of the best duo they don't get enough credit on their own, I feel like. Absolutely. Like, they, them as a, like, community didn't get enough, n- enough due, due credit when it was airing. Mm-hmm. And then Troy and Abed are the greatest uh, screen duo of all time. Yeah. Like, they're so fantastic. There's, I, I mean, they're so much better than Joel McHale on the show. Joel yeah. McHale is, like, it's funny how they, I like how they white, they tend to write white people and then they're 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 continuously one note like they give white people just the inch in characters of like oh i've changed the tiniest bit <laughs> meanwhile that the people in the background the diverse cast behind them is evolving and growing and learning so far past the main white lead right yeah i'm just like how are these people not the star of the show well i i think after a while the 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 group became the yeah. star but I, yeah, it did. It did start out from Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon's mind was, oh, okay. I got Joel McHale. Mm-hmm. Like in Dan, in Dan Harmon's mind, he looks like Joel McHale. <laughs> 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 and so then Joel, Joel, uh, and and yeah, you you think it's about what you think it's gonna be, and I think even the show maybe at the time thought it was gonna be about this uh, Ross and Rachel type relationship, but then you have the incomparable Donald Glover mm-hmm. and then Danny Putty, um, Yvette Nicole Brown. Um, you che- Chevy has his moments. Um, yeah. but, but, and then of the beautiful Allison Brie, Ken Jeong. Once, if you have a cast that talented uh, and that naturally funny and, and then, and your fucking chemistry is just on point, 
the show the show eventually was going to evolve into what it became and then when troy left the show it had to figure out what the fuck it was doing but troy is such a great character that when donald left the show didn't know what it was mm-hmm. the show finally figured out what it was and then troy bounced and it was and it it's still funny but it's not the same no i, I completely completely agree yeah yeah, um, it's like that, that show has the highest of highs and the lowest of lows after that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and then my favorite, probably one of my favorite shows of all time now, uh, Watchmen. I, I <laughs> love, I love that. Hey, you really went through a series of what reaction do I want to make right now? All positive. But you, you had a moment of gasp, want, wanting to to express and and scream and then going how do i what do i say it's so because i like flash all, all, all these bunch of different scenes like flash in my head yeah like all these moments where you like when you find out where dr manhattan is and um what's been happening on europa um the the fact that the, the season is predominantly the whole season is about race something that didn't wasn't touched on in the book yeah um, and the fact that people, you know, it's such a funny, uh, there's a, like a, f- people who misunderstand the first Watchmen and, um, this dude on YouTube broke it down where like people are, people are saying that what the, the Watchmen show is too liberal and it, but, but the Watchmen comic has always been liberal, Like you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to like the comedian. You're not supposed to like Rorschach. Both of those characters are uh, white supremacists. They're a depiction of white superiority, and that's their their downfall. And uh, you know, their hubris, all yeah. the shit that they think they're right. And so, when they're watching the show, they're like, "Wait a minute! The people the people who admire Rorschach are racist." Well, fucking War- Ro- Ro- Rorschach was racist. Mm-hmm. Rorschach oh was sexist. He was overtly racist. Homophobic. He was awful. You're not, you can't, you Alan Moore did that on purpose. Yeah. And also I think people get confused sometimes when somebody is the, the lead voice in something that they think that that means that the program is agreeing with that voice. Right. Like in the, in the graphic novel, we have Rorschach narrating it the whole time, but it's supposed to make you question. It's supposed to make you think. Yeah. If you're not supposed to agree with the narrator at all times. No, absolutely not. It's like, it's like being on, it's like being like watching the Joker and then thinking that he was right the whole time. Like by the end of it, when yeah. he starts, he goes on his killing spree and you're like, no, nah, I get it, man. Yeah. No, no, then you've got the wrong message. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then also fucking in the show, Regina King as the character. She's the best. Sister Knight, which I want to say is an homage to Missy Knight in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, a black woman beating the shit out of white supremacists. Wow. Wonderful. Absolutely beautiful. And then also it, it gives more visibility to the Tulsa massacre. Yes. Which, which I was... think like how, uh, how horrific, how did I not learn about that in school? Exactly. How come we learned about it in 2017? Yeah. 2018, whenever the show came out. I think 2019. No. Oh Jesus! No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it was 2019. Oh fuck. Okay, but yeah, <laughs> the fact that it was hidden, Black Wall Street, taken out by by the Klan, and we just 
never heard about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I'm glad that they did that because that's yeah. it's like, and how how on the nose, how on the nose, and how poignant to now, but not it's like ultimately super poignant to right now 2020 everything about the Watchmen. But also, it's highlighting like it's always been poignant. You idiots just didn't notice till right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the the show says a lot, and I'm glad they're not doing a. I'm glad they're not doing a sequel. Yeah. I don't. I, I wouldn't want another season. It'd be That's, so funny if um, what are the guys' names from Game of Thrones? Oh, D and D, whatever their stupid yeah, ass names. They were are. like, we're gonna do the Watchmen sequel. Oh my god, HBO is like, nah, nah, because <laughs> you'll do like a six episode season. <laughs> and then fuck off and try to get on Star Wars. You, yeah, they'll you know. do they'll do five episodes and then six, uh, a six episode that's thirty minutes. <laughs> and then they'll be like, "We're sorry, okay, yeah. well, someone wanted us to make a Lego movie." <laughs> yeah, we brought back Doctor Manhattan. We brought him back. There's two now. There's two Doctor Manhattans. <laughs> oh, also, she has Doctor Manhattan's power. We just say it at the first episode, first five yeah. minutes. Regina is the new Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. Okay, you guys are great storytellers. I hate you and. <laughs> I'm going to pour coronavirus out of my bucket. <laughs> oh, my God. Into the little bird baby mouth. <laughs> Not visual. You need to create a meme where you're doing that. Just a little. You really do. Like a little birds that will just eat whatever their mama gives them. Mm. And it's, it's, Joe, it's Joe Rogan's face. <laughs> it's you pouring it out. He just he hates Joe Rogan. Did I that I hate Joe Rogan? Uh, Joe Rogan. That's the theme so far of this episode. Rogan's trash. <laughs> the through line. Name this episode Joe Rogan is trash, and I guarantee <laughs> we get a lot of clickbait oh, on fuck. it. Would we ever? We get a lot of clickbait. We get a lot of hate mail. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I would bla- put them on blast. Um. So the then lastly, the only other things that I'm not going to go into, I'm not going to read individually, but I'm going to um, include the links and in the Instagram. But I have a uh, ten, an article of ten black-owned businesses that support geek culture that geeks will love. Awesome. So it's like um, a lot of them are specifically for black nerds, which I think is mm. amazing. Yeah, like they're different T-shirts that are representing um, highlighting black voices in nerd culture. Then and, and different products. And then I also have a list of um, not that I want to lose any listeners here. But 18 geek and nerd podcasts with outstanding black hosts. I love it. Do that. Just yes, absolutely. Continuing trying to get rid of the, the idea that black people are not included in the, the, the um, conversation in nerd culture. Absolutely. So that I'll, I'll include, I'll, well, Kane and I will include all those links. All you got to do is understand, understand your, your, I mean, and the, the entire conversation that, that, has is being should be being had right now and and with white mouths <laughs> is where you were blind where you were at fault and how you can change and mm-hmm. and the same thing with these businesses yeah saying saying black lives matter i mean this has already been said ad nauseum um by people much smarter than me but to put up black lives matter is great but also now it's time to hire. It's time to it's time to put your fucking money where your yeah. mouth is, and it's time to it's time to do your due diligence, not just grandstand. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know Kane and I will continue to fucking will continue to support that. I know on some Facebook groups I'm involved in, um, 
people are overflowing with opportunities now, unfortunately that it's now, but like overflowing with opportunities specifically for people of color being like, yeah. Hey, my job is looking for people of color, which I think is so like, it's like the bare minimum that we can fucking do. Absolutely. I know, I, I, I know Kane and I are going to continue to be conscious about this moving forward with our podcast too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to change a lot for us in a positive way. <sighs> yes. And, um, Speaking of that, I have been, if you follow me on Instagram, if you don't, if you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm at Kane Holloway on Instagram, but if you already follow me, you have seen that I have posted up, um, uh, art pieces that I've created of black superheroes, specifically superhero, black superheroes that inspire you. If you want a print of anything I do, you want a custom piece that I've made. I did, uh, Miles Morales and I also did Princess Shuri from Black Panther and um uh, right now i'm actually working on my friend my buddy kenneth has a album coming out and he wanted he wanted me to um uh make make an album cover for him i'm not charging any money but but um if you would like a custom piece or you would like an art print made uh as sent out to you from anything i've already created all you got to do is donate to any black lives matter um uh, donations, um, charities, and and uh, post it online, post it on Instagram, and tag me in it. If I see that you've been tagged, you can DM me, hey, there's my receipt, and um, here's my address, and I will ship it out. Or if you want a custom piece, tell me exactly um, who you want or what you'd like, and uh, I'll also do that. So you can do, do all that at Kane Holloway on Instagram. Perfect. Wait, let's just all be conscious. And let's try to fucking get out of 2020 with some hope and some love, man. Come yeah. on, we need it. We fucking need it. You know what? Well, actually, as a phrase, is going to evolve now to well, actually, white people and checking their privilege. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah. that's racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We have had maybe one guest on where I want, I probably vocally maybe will actually then, but I wanted to well actually be like, well, actually that's fucking sexist. So, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like where I think the, the culture of support is, I feel it within you and I feel it on our podcast and we're not going to put up with shit, so. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can follow the show at well actually pod on instagram as well follow holly do you have a new handle or is it still the same one i'm gonna make it um i'm uh, gonna change it uh, uh, <laughs> i'm gonna change it to something involving my name cool so for now i'm still at holly in a comedy um but i'll change my handle link on the instagram page so you can new people can find me sweet um, <laughs> well let's uh let's sign off holly how do you want to sign off it's me, Holly Brown. It's me, Holly Brown. Intersexual feminist. And I'm never going to give you up. <laughs>